You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yes, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to an early edition and the final edition of 2023 of uh, Sports Day WA. It's all thanks to the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and also Toolmart, the complete tool centre serving WA for over 45 years. And thanks to our two great sponsors that have supported Sports Day WA during the course of 2023. We'll talk more about them a bit later on. Well, the weather is just downright perfect, isn't it, at the moment in Perth? Early 30s, it'll be around that and high 20s for the first test that gets underway between Australia and Pakistan here at Optus Stadium on Thursday. First ball to be bowled at 20 minutes past 10. And, of course, SEN has just got a massive, massive presence when it comes to cricket this summer with the test series involving Pakistan and the West Indies. We've also got the Big Bash that's currently uh, just commenced. And as we know, on the 20th of December, the Perth Scorchers will play their very first uh, BBL match at this venue, playing their first two games away because of the presence of the test match here at Optus Stadium. The man that heads SEN's coverage of the cricket is Adam Collins. And he's made his time available to join us on the program now to preview the match that starts on Thursday. Adam, thanks for your time. Great to be on with you. Pleased to hear it's perfect conditions in Perth. I'm uh, flying in tomorrow morning. Uh, You'll absolutely cherish it. I don't think I've seen a cloud in the sky for days. Blue skies, plenty of sunshine. As they say in cricket, it's going to be a great seeing day for the batsmen. Mm. There should be no complaints. And saying that... What do you expect from the respective batting lineups? Australia, we know more about than maybe Pakistan. Yeah, that's true. I think it was quite important for Pakistan in the tour game last week to get runs out of Shah Massoud, their new captain. The reason being is he's got a middling test record with a really high ceiling. So Shah Massoud had one year where he was an exceptional test opener. That's going back to the pandemic year of 2020. He made three centuries in that stretch of time, including a big one against India at Old Trafford on a seeming pitch. And he looks like he was going to go on to be one of the most important openers in the world. But a loss of form, saw him lose his spot out in the wilderness a little bit, playing county cricket. Uh, But he's got back into the test side. They've made him captain. The thing with Shah Massoud is they see him as a really important leader as well. He grew up in England. um, has always wanted to um, play test cricket. It's the form of the game he's best suited to. 
and he made 201 not out against the Prime Minister's 11 at Monica in Canberra last week. So just having had the muscle memory of making big runs already in the tour, in the only tour game, I think it's as important as anything that's happened so far for Pakistan on tour. I'll tell you what's interesting about Pakistan. You just don't know what you're going to get. And let's hope they come here and the three-test series is a really exciting one, keenly fought, and they really do stand up because there has been times where they've looked unbeatable and there's other times where they've been far from the best. Uh, What do you hope to see in this three-test series before, of course, we play the final two against the West Indies? Uh, Like you, I just want it to be competitive. I mean, I've fallen into the trap in the past, I've got to say, of of really talking up the prospects of Pakistan in Australia. I did so in 16-17, and again, when they were here back in 2019, I felt like on paper, as you say there, they're capable of being world beaters. And for whatever reason, Australia's been their kryptonite in Australia. They've only won four test matches here ever. The most recent of those was at Sydney in October 1995, so nearly three decades since they've won a test match in this country and a lot of series in between. So it's been something of a bogey team for them, playing Australia in Australia. Um, I'd love to see them turn that on its head and be super competitive over the next three weeks. However, um, I think on balance of probabilities, it'll end up being one of those summers where Australian batsmen can fill their boots and they'd love that in a World Test Championship context, having lost a little bit of paint over in England both by not blitzing the series after going up 2-0 and also losing some points due to slow over rates. They, they do need to make the most of this home summer against Pakistan and the West Indies. Well, the game has re, been rebadged as the West Test, I suppose, to dif- differentiate itself, uh, like the Sydney Pink Test, the MCG Boxing Test and Adelaide's Day-Night Test, and they've all been very successful. Saying that, the marketing's been quite extensive here in Perth to get people along to Optus Stadium because we had the West Indies Test match last summer and it failed to really create a lot of interest. i tell you what would have created a lot of interest here in Western Australia is to have let Lance Morris just go at the Pakistan batsman, the quickest bowler in Australia at the moment, I would have given him a go on this fast, pacey Optus Stadium wicket. Yeah, look, I, I absolutely understand the perspective. It would have been a bit stiff for the big three, though, asking them to miss the first test of the summer uh, on the basis of trying to satisfy the parochial interest of West Australian fans. Although I, I, I like what you're saying, it would have probably enhanced the crowd having a WA boy make his test debut in the first test of, of summer 23-24. But um, look, Cummins is the captain. Stark's been outstanding over the last few years. And Josh Hazelwood, um, under the radar a little bit in terms of uh, he's achieved a lot in, in, in white ball cricket, a couple of World Cups to his name now. Um, but he's not played a lot of test cricket in Australia in the last three summers, suffering from back-to-back injury, injury-riddled uh, campaigns. So he'll be desperate to play test cricket at home, the form of the game where he earns his money, uh, and, and he's not going to see the spot on the basis of trying to blood a new player when he, he would feel like he's still at the very much the peak of his powers. be great to see spinner Nathan Lyon back who could join some very elite company if he snares. Was it three wickets? I think he's on 496, I think, from memory. Uh, but, yes, you're right. He's a, he's a good day at the office away from uh, becoming uh, one of only a handful of players who've taken 500 in test cricket. I was there at Lords in 2005 when Glenn McGrath reached that milestone and it was seen as such an enormous thing for him to do so. Well, you know, Glenn McGrath was um, the leader of the attack and the best in the world at what he did for so long. We have a different story with Lyon. I mean, I know he's been the, uh, or he's been the predominant Australian spinner for the entirety of his career with the exception of a couple of iffy months in 2013. 
that so many people have doubted him, so many people have underestimated him. I don't think there are many people doing that anymore. After going down at Lords in that uh, second Ashes test and how much Australia missed him, I think it was a case of absence making the heart grow fonder. And now Lyon is back. Um, he, he will be uh, one of the first names on the team sheet throughout the summer. And reaching that milestone will be a huge deal. Were you surprised by the comments of uh, ex-Australian and West Australian and Queensland fast bowler for that matter, Mitchell Johnson? Uh, certainly, I know Dave Warner has been a bit divisive uh, as an opener. What are you, what's your spin on it all? Oh, look, I think that Mitch has shown over the last couple of years that he's willing to be a forthright, punchy columnist, and we should encourage that um, from our columnists in the media. It's important that former, say, former players uh, feel free to have their say and to make strident points when they feel they need to make it. I think he said in his podcast last week, there are some bits of that column you might want to have back. And of course, it's ended up filling the vacuum as far as the news cycle is concerned over the course of the last two weeks, especially the more personal comments directed towards George Bailey uh, and the way that tit-for-tat played out in the media. And David Warner played a pretty straight bat last week at that sponsor's function or the broadcaster function when he was able to speak on the matter, not wanting to fuel it any further. So... Look, I, I think that both things can be true at the same time, that we want Mitch to get out there and say what he thinks, uh, but also that people on the other side of it are entitled to criticise the criticism, if you want. That's part and parcel of being in the public domain and having a column that what you say will in turn be criticised too. So um, that's the rough and tumble of the cricket media in, in this country and, and that's part of why we love this time of year. OK, and just a couple of final questions, Adam, if I may. Mitch Marsh gets the all-rounders gig and all of a sudden Cam Green, who was going to be the all-rounder for years to come, is finding it difficult to get back in the Australian lineup. Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? Like, Green is the player they've invested more time and resources into than anybody in this Australian side over the last three summers, for good reason. They know Cam Green's going to be a long-term 10 to maybe even 15-year player. Uh, and they've given him every opportunity, and they'll continue to do so. This is more to do with the fact that Mitch Marsh has to be selected on the basis of what he did in England across those three test matches at Leeds, Manchester, and the Oval. It would have been unjust for Mitch Marsh to have lost his spot. He's seen as a leader across three formats. He's been the vice-captain of this test side earlier in his career, but he's already the white ball captain, or the T20 captain, rather. He'll be the one-day captain in the fullness of time. And they see him as a leader in that dressing room at the, at, you know, kind of the peak of his powers at age 32. Whereas Cam Green, they're going to have to find a creative way of getting him in the side this summer. It may well prove to be that David Warner finishing up uh, at the Sydney test opens the door for Cam Green to play a slightly different role against the West Indies. And if that happens at this point of his career, that might be a good thing. Mm. If he turns into a makeshift opener or if he has to bat out of that all round the spot, who knows in the long run what that might do to develop him and make him the finished product. So... Look, a lot of water to go under the bridge between now and that um, West Indies series three test matches from now. Someone might step on a cricket ball at training tomorrow and he might be playing the first test in two days' time. But all things being equal, um, you would think that there'll be room for Cam Green later in the summer. Uh, and for the time being, Mitch Marsh quite right uh, to have the spot and the opportunity to make the most of it. 
Just had a look, actually, because we're based here at Optus Stadium, our broadcast studios here for SENWA, and I've just seen Andrew McDonald and a couple of the Australian boys actually just uh, wander past on the way, no doubt, to a net session here at Optus Stadium. So a bit of a session coming up for the Aussies. Whether it's just optional, whether it's a full squad, I'm not sure, but there was a couple just wandering past. It's uh, Pakistan haven't played a test match here in Perth almost 20 years, so I gather the local Pakistani community should be out in force to cheer their uh, certainly players. Uh, what are your thoughts? If you had to make a prediction, how do you see the series going, Adam, as we leave you? And we look forward, of course, to anchoring the coverage here on SEN throughout the summer. Yeah, me too. I um, can't wait to get cracking in a couple of days with Jared Waitley and the rest of the team of former players. It's going to be brilliant. Um, look, the, if, if your gun to my head, I'd probably say 3-0 Australia. I think that's the most likely scenario uh, based on what we were discussing earlier about home ground advantage, Australia being the World Test Champions who really have been fine-tuned beautifully and taken their game to a new level under the captaincy of Pat Cummins, in my view, over the last couple of years. And what they've got going on, I know it's not to everyone's to everyone's um, preference, the way the coaching position got moved on to Andrew McDonald. I know the audience I'm talking to right now, many people would have strong views, but um, this is the, the configuration they wanted, and it's working for them. So with all of that in mind, they've really got no excuses. This Australian team should be winning 3-0, they should be beating the West Indies 2-0 and they should be giving themselves every opportunity to be in the top two of the World Test Championship for a second cycle in a row and get a chance to defend that title. There's no room for latitude because of that competition. It's so competitive to get into the top two, which is why um, they will be focused on this. My only small little caveat to that is it's a little bit concerning to me the way in which they're built up for this with a lot of white ball cricket not a lot of red ball cricket for a number of the players they've come out of a a 50 over world cup into this and that's fine that's just part of modern scheduling but um, take take Steve Smith for example he played a couple of T20Is in India flew home played a big bash game last week hasn't played a red ball game since July Um, I'm not saying that'll necessarily affect the former captain he's so experienced and adept at moving from format to format this deep into his career but in a perfect world, you'd want to get a couple of red ball games in before playing a test match, the way that, say, England typically tune up for a test series by playing county cricket. And I know some of the Aussies have done that. Usman Khawaja, a good example of this. He made a couple of hundreds for Queensland. There'll be others as well. Um, but yes, that's the, the one small caveat is that there'll be a couple of these Aussie players who, on paper at least, will be a little bit underdone as far as test cricket is concerned. Good stuff. Safe flight west. I think you'll enjoy your time here. The weather's going to be perfect. No threat of any interruptions. I can't remember the last time we saw a drop of rain here, but it's going to be a beautiful uh, five days. Let's hope we play five days, and we're looking forward to a great test match here at Optus Stadium. Thanks for your time. My pleasure. Well said. Can't wait to get over there. Good on you. Adam Collins, uh, SEN Cricket Caller, who will anchor the coverage, as you mentioned, with Jared Waitley and all uh, former uh, cricketers, test players that will be part of an extended uh, coverage when it comes to SEN Cricket. Look forward to it. Uh, The first ball is due to be bowled at 20 minutes past 10 on Thursday. And there's been a couple of photos taken of the wicket. And last year, the West Indies-Australia test match, I think, uh, was wrapped up in about four and a half days and took very little turn. In fact, it was a fairly flat wicket, but looks like this one's got a little bit more grass uh, and it looks like uh, grass with a bit of pace and bounce, and that's what people are looking for. And I gather with the Australian pace attack, uh, they'll be hoping to maybe have first use of it, but we'll wait and see. But normally in Australian test matches, the team that wins the toss often bats first, so there may be 
And I think that what they're planning to do is for the pitch to maybe break up a bit later in the test match, the fourth or fifth day when the spinners came come into play. So we'll just see how it does eventuate. But I know one of the disappointments of last year against the West Indies is the pitch didn't break up and uh, hence there wasn't a lot of variety in the test match. Uh, it's coming up 18 past one. Uh, this is Sports Day WA. It's all thanks to the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre, serving WA for over 45 years.